This is the Gambling Gauchos. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Gauchos After Dark, sponsored by our friends over at Barnett, Howard, and Williams. Rob, I'm making you a co-host right now. What's up, Rob? What's up? I uh, was texting back and forth with my mom just now. She said, how was the game? I said, I hated every second of it until the very end. Accurate. (laughs) It was, uh, I don't know, nerve-wracking and frustrating to sit through at times. but The end of each half was good. Yeah, yeah, fun at the very end. So we'll take it. We do not apologize for uh, Big 12 home wins, right? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, Well, you and I are going to have the chance to recap Texas Tech-Houston. Certainly not off limits here. Um, If those of you tuning in have questions, comments, thoughts on any of the games around the Big 12 today, feel free to request to speak. And we usually get to everybody, so we get to as many as we can, like always. Um, A ton of great games around the Big 12. Got a nightcap right now brewing between BYU and Baylor. But a lot of other action. Where do you want to start? Oh, we can start at 11 a.m. with old Texas and Bama. Uh, the game that you said would not be the best non-conference game and uh, almost panned out that way. Yeah, you're right. I thought, uh, well, so, I mean, I didn't list it that low. I had it number two. Um, <laughs> and I guess it depends on. The backyard brawl was still good. Yeah, uh, the, the I think there's a difference between a close game and a good game sometimes. And I caught maybe half of the Texas-Bama game, like in and out throughout the afternoon. Um, I don't know if it was a quality game just between like the officiating and I don't know. Um, it's certainly a closer game than I thought it would be. And I feel really bad that Quinn Ewers got hurt. He was, he was dealing before that injury. I mean, he looked... He looked like something serious. So I hope his injury isn't too bad because I would like to get to see him play later this season. But, you know, without speculating too much, it looked looked similar to Shuck, just landing right on the shoulder. And that can be a bad deal depending on how severe it is. So hopefully he gets better soon. But I think Gary Patterson has certainly left a mark on that defense and quickly. Yeah. Do we want to give Gary Patterson all the credit? I guess we can. He's the new piece, but uh, they looked good. Um, Certainly some odd officiating that allowed Alabama to win. Um, Not all officiating, but there was some officiating there in the middle and early to allow Texas to win, especially the, the phantom roughing the passer after the safety or non-safety that was an odd play yeah i did i didn't understand the explanation on that i guess because they didn't call grounding the first time when he wasn't actually sacked they couldn't go back on review and and retroactively call grounding but either way however that shook out it seemed like a botched call and and there were others too yeah let's uh pull the first speaker in chuck what's up man hello there he is can you hear me now? Oh. Yeah, we Sorry. got you. Sorry, fellas. Um, Gary Patterson is a TCU long con, just like they did with Fran at A&M. Um, just had to get that out there. 
what a just what a day in general in college football, man. Like, I don't know if I mean I know you guys do, but anybody else listening, if you don't follow Sicko's committee on Twitter, you really, really should because today was just a uh, it was a treat a treat of college football chaos and you know we get one day like this a year i feel like but the fact that we're getting in week two just kind of gets me a lot more amped for uh for the rest of the season to be honest yeah pretty wild ride today yeah i was looking around i was of course impressed by the big 12 slate and i was looking around the rest of the country and there's all these 27 point 42 point spreads and i thought man it's just not going to be a very intriguing or competitive day across the sport and uh then marshall wins in south bend appalachian state wins in college station georgia southern wins in lincoln and you're reminded very quickly how special this sport is even when you have these huge underdogs so it wasn't just the big 12 offering compelling games this week Yeah, even Nebraska dropped one. Fun belt, fun belt got over $4 million to win those three games today. Amazing. That, that is my favorite. That is my favorite thing about, you know, quote unquote, buy games. It's like you bought those losses, and Nebraska is counting down the days until October 1st when Scott Frost's contract buyout drops to $7.5 million. Yeah, I think they do that at midnight or wait until the morning. <laughs> I said he was going to be fired before Sunday service got out tomorrow, but then I saw the contract info, so they will wait until Sunday service gets out on 10-1. <laughs> I, see, I see some Iowa State fans in here, so I'm not going to dare suggest that Matt Campbell might be a candidate for that job. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> and you wonder, uh, Kansas, they hey, their last – Let's see here. Their last four games against Big 12 competition, a win over Texas, two one-possession losses, and then a win in Morgantown today. So still a small sample size, and I'm sure they got a long way to go. But Lance Leipold has them back to being competitive a lot faster than I think anybody could have really anticipated. Which one of y'all was riding the over three-and-a-half games? Season time? I, I don't remember. Was- we were certainly fading West Virginia, so I don't know that today's win really proves anything, but I, I could have sworn one of y'all like you know, a month ago or something was all over the Kansas season win total of three and a half over. I think the way their schedule breaks with Tennessee Tech, now that they've beaten West Virginia and then Duke, though Duke looks a little more competitive than people thought before the season. I I mean, I think they can beat TCU too, but TCU looks better now than they did preseason. So you kind of got to roll with the schedule. I'm just doing that uh, that meme where the, like the puppet is like looking away awkwardly and then looking back at you like, oh no, like is it going to be us? <laughs> Man. I, I say this completely unironically. I'm glad the Kansas game is in Lubbock this year because they might actually – have some juice in Lawrence that they didn't need it today. I mean, they won on the road, but I think that that is not as much of a gimme as it has been in years past. Yeah. I think they have a legit corner uh, quarterback. I think they have some legit athletes on both sides of the ball. Um, They scored 21 in the second quarter. 
and then 21 in the second half shut out West Virginia in the third, outscoring them 14 to zero in the third quarter, and then kind of held on to get to overtime, um, and then scored 13 in overtime, and West Virginia didn't score. Pick six, scored a touchdown, got a pick six. So, yeah, and uh, and West Virginia in a similar boat as Nebraska. If they want to get rid of Neil Brown, it's going to cost them sixteen million dollars at the end of this season. And I don't, I don't understand why they extended him in the first place. At the end of the COVID season, he was seven and ten in Big Twelve conference games. At that point, uh, they went six and six, won a Liberty Bowl in the COVID year, but no, but nothing that seemed to warrant. Okay, we got to lock this guy down for the next six seasons because everybody's going to come after him. And like I said, if they want to, if they want to fix that, they're going to pay out the nose for it. Um, I don't really see an easy solution in Morgantown. If they want to stick with him, I think he's going to be viewed as a lame duck by recruits and assistant coaches. You know, if they have a position coach opening, nobody wants to sign up for a guy they think is going to get fired in the next year. But to get rid of him, it's going to cost him a pretty penny. So I, I question the extension um, in retrospect and kind of very curious how they move forward from this, assuming they don't have some big turnaround this season, which I, I don't really anticipate at this point. Yeah, what kind of turn, turnover does that turnaround does that really take? I mean, after the damage been done, I mean, do they win out? Do they make a bowl game after this? I mean, if they get to five and six and win their final game, it's just 2017 Texas Tech, right? And then the next year they fire him anyways? Yeah, I mean, I guess if if Kansas looks like a, a competent team and that loss looks less bad and if they can not to win against a rival Virginia Tech and then get a winning record in Big 12 play, maybe, but... They lost their best shot at a, at a Big 12 win today. You know, you get Kansas at home and you blow it. So you do get eight more games, but none are going to be more winnable than that one. So curious to see where they go from here. And I've got a second speaker in, uh, Carl's Bad. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, boys? How's your night going? Uh, better than it would have gone uh, with one fewer point in regulation. Jesus, no kidding. Sorry, I'm heading outside. I got two sleeping kids upstairs, so we're gonna be able to speak out here a little better. Man, I'm excited for the uh, the new Big Twelve though. BYU's great. Looks like uh, watched UCF last night. looked looked like they were getting their getting their stuff together, but not quite there. But uh, man, the rest of them, Kansas State looked great today. That was that was out of control, and then. Uh, it was great watching the Aggies lose. Watching the UT game was great, but you know, of course, so sad to see them lose. And Chris Beard uh, calling out uh, Tech winning, so I guess that that helped us out in the long run. But yeah, man, what a what a day of a uh, day of football! I thought it was going to be a little slower today, and it all turned out pretty uh, pretty crazy. A lot of fun watching games today. Yeah, it, it felt like a. Uh, an in-conference weekend with all the Power 5 on Power 5 or soon-to-be Power 5 action. I know BYU and Houston aren't quite there, but a ton of compelling games um, in the conference. And yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm excited for Houston, BYU, the others to get here permanently. 
Um, I think most of those programs should be fairly competitive pretty quickly. And, and yeah, I think there's some juice to this Texas Tech-Houston rivalry as well. I mean, it, it felt like that in the stadium today and on Twitter after the game. Yeah, it looked like it uh, on, on TV. It looked like that's going to be one that's going to pull a good crowd every time. Hopefully we just keep beating them every time because that's always fun. I love Dana, but, uh, yeah, the rest of the Bush League stuff that y'all were tweeting about, the assistants or grad assistants, whoever those guys were, shoving our players on the side of the – on the sidelines there and everything else is going on. And so it'll be, it'll be fun to keep them around and keep that thing going. Yeah. And apparently that was a player. Um, there was, I guess some speculation. He was a, yeah, like a lower level staff member, but it might've been a player. I don't, I don't know who it was. I mean, I'm not going to say definitively one way or the other, but I thought that was really Bush league. I thought the, I think they did this three times where, you know, they get in their defensive substitutions, line up, and then right before the snap, a guy suddenly falls down with an injury. Um, you know, I, I just think that's so Bush League, and they did it multiple times. One of them was after like a, a review, and they spotted the ball. It had been like a full 90 seconds since the last play. He's fine, and then just lays down right before yeah, the They started that in the first quarter. I would understand yeah. if it was like happening in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was like first just, drive, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, right off the bat. And you can see the coaches coming out and pointing, hey, get down, get down. It, terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you can do about that. Like, because even on the off chance that he is hurt, like, you can't penalize them. I mean, the crowd was booing, which, you know, I'm obviously not for booing an actual injury, but that's just such crap that I have no problem with them kind of calling it out after the fact. But, yeah, I hated that, but it kind of seems to permeate through the culture of that program. So I guess it is what we, it is. We need a new Aggie on the scene. So there you go. Yeah, that's right. Um, we got another requester. Uh, let's see here. Double bogey Jerry. What's up, man? Hey, fellas. I got a, I got two things here. Um, I love the Texas-Alabama result. I feel like it's a – we're back moment just like georgia and the sugar bowl um any thoughts there second would love to hear your maybe one through four stack rank of the big 12 standings just from potential playoff rob you go first uh thoughts on the texas loss yeah i think you'll definitely see in the next couple weeks uh but we almost beat bama uh, quite a bit. Um, playoff ranks for Big 12 teams. Ooh. Um, I think Baylor, until they lose, still at the top. BYU, you could put in there as the new Big 12. Uh, Kansas lost it. I think they're out. Uh, Kansas State <laughs> would be three. Kansas, then, okay. If I have to have a four, I guess it's Oklahoma State, but they haven't really particularly looked good. Fair enough. Yeah, the the thought on the Texas thing is just like, I love that they're just going to live on this for the next five to six weeks, whether they look shitty or not, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, and that, that program, for all its struggles, they've still kind of proven capable of getting up for a big game. Like, I mean, even last year when they went five and seven, OU beat them on the last play of the game. And... That Sugar Bowl year, I think they lost four games. And somehow wound up in the Sugar Bowl and beat Georgia, which was a one-loss team that thought they should have been in the playoff. 
So I'll be curious if they can kind of sustain this over the coming weeks. They definitely surprised me with how close they kept that game, but it's kind of sad to see a program that proud and that prestigious stoop to like tweeting before the game is even over like hey no matter the result texas is the winner today like a program like that should be above any sort of moral victory like that but i guess that just speaks to how far they've fallen right <laughs> thanks all us love the content yeah thank hey, you for what's tuning up? in what's up uh super o yeah i just wanted to say real quick you've talked a couple times now already about k-state I was at that game, man. They are solid on defense, especially. The offense is still figuring finally its footing, but I've watched a lot of Big 12 football, seen a lot of teams in person and on TV. This defense is probably as good, better than Oklahoma State last year, but it's as good as I can remember at Big 12 defense being lately. I was curious what on that. Yeah, I um, I think Rob was even higher than I was on K-State coming into the season. Um, the only reason I kind of had that caveat is they were, they were so hyped up as a potential dark horse, I sort of wondered to myself, can you be a dark horse if everybody thinks you're a threat to win the conference? But I, I think they're certainly in that, in that top tier. Uh, I know it's still early in the season, but that was a, an incredibly impressive win today. You know, they... I don't know what kind of goes through the players' minds when they're dealt something like a weather delay and playing in bad conditions, but the offense looked efficient from what I saw. I haven't rewatched the the full game yet, but from what little I saw, and then defense and special teams played well too. So I think especially in Manhattan, they're going to be tough to beat. And even if they don't quite make the Big 12 championship game, I think they're going to be a thorn in in the top of the conference's side all season. But Rob, I'll I'll let you speak to that some too, because I know you like them. Yeah, Kansas State has the best special teams in the Big 12 pretty easily. Special teams, you. Uh, Adrian Martinez is a bad quarterback. He was a bad quarterback in Nebraska. He's going to be a bad quarterback at Kansas State. Went nine, for 20, went 9 for 20 again today, 43 QBR, 101 yards. But he will hit enough plays. He will get enough third downs. And he will run the ball well enough to win in spite of his – inaccuracies passing uh, there were also some drops today some weather some rain not all just adrian martinez is a bad quarterback and i think he'll pop in some games but i think kansas state in spite of adrian martinez is if i was legitimately power ranking the big 12 they have to be in the top three right now and then i was going to ask just in case you're looking at final scores and i don't blame you if you are but if you're looking at final scores, that Mizzou scored on the most garbage time touchdown I've ever seen where K-State's backups turn the ball over inside the 20. Mizzou tries to score, which is fine. They should. Uh, they get a foul on what should have been the last play of the game and then score a touchdown on a no, on an untimed down. That's what got them to pretty win. <laughs> I didn't realize that they had an untimed down to to get to 12. You know, I, I missed the end of that because I was going to the stadium for the Tech game. But, yeah, that is um, about as garbage time as it gets. <laughs> um, scoring Did they on go for two? Down. You can't go for two on an untimed down if it doesn't affect the – Oh, they just scored. Okay, I got you. Untimed down. Sorry, I caught up. 
only asking because the over was 53 and a half and uh, <laughs> at 52. Yeah, um, an extra point after the go-ahead touchdown for Tech and double overtime would have been nice today. Uh, I still wouldn't have won, but I would have pushed, and it would have been nice. Um, hey, thank you, everybody, for tuning into Gouches After Dark. This is sponsored by our friends over at Barnett, Howard, and Williams. They are a law firm made up of three Texas Tech grads, both undergrad and law school. They're based out of Fort Worth, but they handle cases all across the state of Texas, They've been great longtime supporters of our podcast, and we appreciate that. They hope you never need their services, but if you do find yourself in need of a, a lawyer, give our friends over at Barnett, Howard & Williams, BHW Law Firm, a shout, and uh, they will get you taken care of. Rob, we're in a little bit of a defensive battle right now in Provo, but I think the game so far has lived up to the billing in terms of two good physical teams. So I think we're going to learn a lot about Baylor and BYU over the next 30 minutes. Um, before we watch that unfold, any thoughts on Oklahoma State versus Arizona State? Uh, that was a game I didn't get to catch much of. Uh, obviously, playing during the Tech game. Um, by the way, shape and alert at about 50% right now, passing. Um, not his normal 87% or whatever. Uh, but yeah, Spencer Sanders, good enough again. Uh, 21 to 38, 268 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. And again, I need to go back and look, uh, but their second quarter uh, score ratio is insane. Uh, they had a huge second quarter again, 17 to zero, and they murdered Central Michigan in the second quarter. So I will have to look at that trend as far as first half lines go moving forward. Uh, Oklahoma State, though, I think they're just better than the two teams they've played. Um, I would like to see them play somebody good. I just I'm undecided on Oklahoma State. I think that's fair at this point in the season. Um, they did cover again, playing through a little bit of bad weather there in Stillwater today. Um, I saw a tweet on the timeline. I don't I don't know what happened, but somebody was like, "Oh my God, Spencer Sanders is a god awful quarterback." The, the stat line looked fine to me. I mean, I didn't see a ton of the game, but. I think he's just that kind of player. He can make a great play, and he can make a play that makes you wonder um, what he was thinking. So I don't know what happened there, but anytime you beat a Power 5 opponent, you know they were favored by 11 or 12 and uh, wound up handling them by significantly more than that. Uh, looks good. They haven't played away from home this season. Obviously still early, but yeah, I'm with you, Rob. I want to see them against a, a Baylor, a K-State, Texas OU, that type of squad before – really having a good feel for them. I want to mention one more thing before we totally move off of Kansas State. There was some beef with some Mizzou fans on Twitter this week. I had a meme ready to go just in case K-State lost. Um, any K-State fans tuning in here, if you want to see what that was, uh, DM us and I'll send you the meme I was going to use if Mizzou happened to win. But thankfully, the Wildcats brought home the dub. Um, we have another speaker... Um, Daniel, I'm adding you. Let it load real quick, and then you should be good to go. Uh, Daniel, looks like you're a Texas fan. What do you think of that game today? For today, it was, to be quite honest, it's one of the hardest um, experiences to to figure out because you're proud of how the team fought. 
but you're also super upset about the way things worked out because you really feel like you should have won that game. So it's this weird dichotomy that exists of like proud of the direction, but realizing, man, that was a game we we really should have won. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, a huge missed opportunity uh, to beat the number one team in the country, obviously. And like I said, I, I empathize with the fact that your quarterback went down, especially as good as he was looking early. Um, I do wonder, I said this earlier, I don't know when you tuned in, if, if Texas can sort of maintain that because they seem like they've been able to get up for big games like OU and bowl games. But obviously it's kind of that week to week throughout the season where they've struggled. Uh, I do think Gary Patterson has had a positive impact on that defense, but I don't know. I'll be curious to see to what extent this is Texas playing up to the level of competition versus how much of this they can sustain for the next three months. Well, and that's what I had, I had said. I put out a tweet for, for me earlier. It was like this, for me, this can't be the, the highlight of our season. Almost beating Alabama can't be the, oh, we made it, right? We've had things like that before. Notre Dame a couple years ago, um, things like that. Like, that can't be the the highlight of your season. As, as encouraged by today as we can be, um, if it doesn't translate into more, then truly what have we actually done? And so for me, I'm like, today can't be the highlight of the season. If today is the highlight, then that means that we're really still in the same place that we've always been. And so it's all about building on what today was. And if Quinn's injury isn't serious, which I hope it isn't, um, I feel like there's no reason we can't win every game that's left on the schedule. Yeah, that's been a hey. Thanks for chiming in, Daniel. Uh, that's been a thing I've seen from most Texas fans today is that uh, they almost beat Bama, so they think they're going to win the Big Twelve now, which I'm fine with. You played really well. Bama's the number one team in the country. Uh, nobody else in the Big Twelve is as good of a team as Bama, but that's something you have to do consistently. Like you always talk about this with UCF who beats a big team in the non-con or uh, Houston who beats a team in the non-con. And then uh, even Louisiana, uh, Louisiana with the Florida coach now beat, beating teams in non-con. Well, yeah, but you have to do that 10 times in the big 12. You can't just do it once. And I don't know, maybe Texas gets the calls the rest of the way, but they didn't get them today. Uh, a couple of betting beefs. First of all, Kyle, TCU only covered by one touchdown, and it was a late fourth quarter touchdown. Told you. Um, and then Oklahoma, you're up by 32 with nearly a whole effing quarter, and you can't cover against Kent State. Score one more time. I think I had Kent State plus 32 and a half, so I'm not mad at that. Well, good for you. Thank you. So actually, this is great. I think I did a seven-leg can't-miss parlay, and I threw Houston in there on the money line to beef it up. 
uh, as also kind of like an emotional hedge. And I was like, well, you know, if this loses, it's going to be because Houston takes the L and I'll be fine. But I had like Notre Dame, A&M in there. I had Bama in there and they barely won. So like my seven leg parlay barely went 500 today, um, which doesn't matter. You know I mean? If you lose one, you lose the whole thing. Um, I hit on a ton of Texas Tech props today. I I got on action the uh, I had Tech at minus four and a half, so that didn't cash. And then I had minus three, so they pushed. Um, after that line moved, I kind of got it twice. So that's the frustrating thing about overtime. You know, it kind of screws that up. But it is what it is. I'll have to look back and see if I had any other bad beats. And I uh, had Baylor plus three and a half for tonight. So we'll see how this one shakes out. Yeah, uh, there were some real snug lines. Uh, the total was 53, close 53 at Kansas State. That game scored 52. I had the over. Um, of course, Marshall plus 20 and a half uh, with Henry Columbi. The Colum God uh, winning outright versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame sucks. Their coach has never won a game as a head coach now, uh, going back to Oklahoma State last year. Amazing. 0 oh, 3 start. I see my dad in here. He's a big Notre Dame fan. They suck, Pops. All right. Uh, Double bogey, you're back, man. What's up? Yeah, I love the gambling talk, boys. Um, Baylor touchdown, not good for my minus two and a half BYU, but um, just wanted to know, did we have a tech will storm the field prop? Because what are we doing? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting you bring that up. We were we were on the radio this morning, and Rob found a prop. Will the game go to overtime? Yes was plus 950. I think no was minus 2100. And we were like, no, I mean, there's no way. I mean, I wouldn't put money on that, but it's not enough value to uh, to, to say no. And, of course, it goes to overtime. Right. Um, I, I think I differ with you on field storming. I, I I don't think Houston is a quality enough opponent to warrant that by itself. But anytime you win a game on the last play, right. I think it warrants some consideration. So it wasn't like the greatest time to do it, but I also don't really have an issue with it. No, most, of those students, most of those students, uh, like if you're a junior, you've never seen them win a, a ranked opponent. No, no, I get it. I think it's I think it's good vibes, new coach, right? It's just like, like you yeah. know, maybe maybe this is start the the start of something good. Um, last two thoughts: Pitt not covering was painful, but also, did anyone else just blindly bet Kentucky after Florida being completely overhyped? Thanks, guys. I was not on Kentucky, though Mark Stoops now the winningest head coach in Kentucky history, passing Bear Bryant today. Um, Beautiful to see. Best coach named Stoops in the history of Stoops. (laughs) Uh, But I did get down on Tennessee, and I think I will continue to get down on Tennessee, and I'm actually even more confirming that they're going to win the East. Can you speak to that a little more, Rob? Uh, to Tennessee, blind yeah, faith. please, blind faith. I just okay. I don't see anyone else in the East. I've already faded Georgia. I faded Georgia all year. Uh, you don't see the reigning national champion in the East. People yeah. hate me for it, but I'm going Tennessee. That's a really? take. Wow, that's hot. Okay, and I that I think is that, hot to trot. I think Rob is just digging in his heels because the only other two teams in the national title conversation: Ohio State and Alabama, 
their stock kind of plummeted today. Ohio State's by way of the Notre Dame win now looking even worse than it did last week. And Alabama was um, pretty competitive with a team that they were favored by 20 to beat. So I, I think it's Georgia and everybody else right now. And so I, I think that's a crazy take. But, Rob, you might look like a genius in a couple months if you're right. Well, we'll check back in there. <laughs> and I do want to say I think there is something to um, fading fading teams that are like the big winner from week to week. I think they'll always be a little bit overvalued and vice versa. Like the team that, you know, everybody is just like, okay, yeah, they suck. Um, like I, I bet Notre Dame is going to get zero respect whenever, whenever the spread comes out for whoever they play next. And so I, I think that's a kind of an interesting strategy to j- just kind of r- to ride the wave and play the opposite of what the narrative is. Right. Yeah. I mean like the AR 15 Heisman odds going like, down i think i think he went from like was it 5500 to maybe 1500 to one or whatever like that's just insane i mean he wasn't that good against utah right yeah no yeah any any time there's a a game like that it's gonna the the swing is gonna be the the pendulum swing is gonna over correct and so then we'll have to swing back uh Chuck, you're you're back in. What do you think? Well, first off, I don't even know who Alabama's playing next week, but I'm taking I'm laying every single point that Bo Bottle will let me lay on Alabama multiple times. Um, and then also on you know, I said in the Discord on the rush in the field thing, like I get it, it's super lame. It really is. But anybody complaining about that, I guarantee you you've also complained about student attendance in this desert we've been wandering in in the last 10 years and you win in overtime on a last second i don't care if it's freaking kansas i really don't like we've got students that are excited about football and it looked like a good number of them stayed through that s show of a second half and uh, you know i got the opportunity to do that in some real big games as a student during the late era but just get get Kids are excited about football, and I'm never going to get mad at them about that. Thanks for keeping it family-friendly there. Uh, I did notice there was a president's T-shirt toss and some other branded events. Again, not nearly as many as used to be, but uh, Kyle, what are are your thoughts on that? Because they were gone last week. Maybe we thought they were just gone, gone, but maybe they were just not ready for last week. Yeah, it was a little bit more corporate than I would have liked to have seen it. There was a, a flex cam, I guess. If you popped up on the camera, you're supposed to flex or something. I don't know. I, it was a jersey cam. Yeah, I, I, I think you can get rid of that. Uh, hey, another thing, and I'm not going to be critical of – I am going to be critical of some of the fans. It was 17-17, to 17, right? We have the ball. Donovan throws a pick. They return it into field goal range. And a bunch of fans hit the exits, like before West Virginia even went up by three. And even at that point, the game wasn't over. That was disappointing. Also, we need like some basic, just fan education because the two biggest Raider power chants were when we were on offense. I'm like, guys, they need to be communicating with each other with the sideline. Save the Raider power for when we're on defense, trying to obstruct the communication for the Houston players and the Houston sideline. So we got to get right in that respect. 
that's on the fans. Stay till the end. I mean, you're there late into the fourth quarter anyway. You might as well stay and see how it pans out. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit more corporate feeling today than the Murray State game. I hope moving forward in a close game that they scale back on that again because I, I thought it kept the crowd more engaged last week when there was a little bit less of that. Yeah, we can do all this Texas Tech talk maybe uh, tomorrow, though. Uh, well, we, we'll get Al Hefe in. What's up, man? Maybe. Oh, uh, my oh, bad. My bad. I was. I'm watching the the Baylor BYU game, and I was I was still on mute. <laughs> so I had like three sentences I was talking, but uh, <laughs> my bad. But I, maybe you talked about this earlier. I, I, I apologize. I'm late listening, but uh, I feel like the the play of the game was was actually a coaching decision by Dana. I guess when that. Uh, you know, after that interception that you just mentioned, and then he the second down, they passed the ball. Like, why would you not just run it three times and kick the field goal and at least force Tech to use three timeouts? So I'm, I'm very appreciative of Dana for that. <laughs> and it gave us time where we can go down and kick the field goal to tie it back up. Yeah, I actually, uh, I didn't notice that. Um you know, my, my, my headspace was a little bit off at that point in the game. Um, yeah, that is a little bit curious because there was so little time left. Uh, I guess like you said, they, they would have left us time on the clock, but they would have made us burn all three timeouts to do it. And, of course, those uh, having an extra timeout came in handy when you got the ball back. So I, I don't know if he was maybe thinking, you know, he if he needed one first down anyway, that, you know, we just get that any way he can and then worry about the clock. Or if he thought – Maybe there's an advantage to getting a touchdown for like some insurance points. I don't know, but you bring up a good point that that probably altered the uh, the rest of the game. Yeah, most certainly did. And uh, we'll recap the whole Tech game uh, tomorrow. Some big plays from a lot of guys. Uh, and uh, my favorite play of the game was after a drop by Duran Bradley on a tough catch. Uh, he makes an incredible alert play to get loose when Donovan does break his route, get off uh, on fourth and 21 and get 22 yards. Incredible play by both of them. Uh, and Donovan, after frankly, a bad game to just make the plays of his life uh, two or three times late, just really, really strong. And I, I think that speaks to the culture um, that they're building. Absolutely. I think any team can have a rough day and make a ton of mistakes and not take advantage of opportunities to put the game away, but it takes some mental fortitude between the ears to come back from that. I mean, I, t I tweeted a similar sentiment on, on fourth and 20 in overtime. It's curtains for like 95% of teams just because they see the writing on the wall. They're like, okay, we lost this game, but obviously this team doesn't react that same way. And, for as much as you have to work on, if you want to be a good team moving forward, I thought that that mental toughness was impressive to come back from. Um, somehow, Rob, here on Gambling Gouts is After Dark, sponsored by Barnett, Howard, and Williams. We have not gotten to El Asico. 10 to 7, and the box score is as Iowa, Iowa State as you could imagine. Didn't get to see any of it because it kicked off about the same time the Tech Houston game did. Um, BYU is driving also, by the way. I bet most people probably have that on. But um, Iowa, Iowa State, Matt Campbell finally gets that monkey off his back in year 
what is he, year seven now at Iowa State? I guess one year they didn't play because of uh, the COVID, but that's a pretty big win for that program. And I, I'm not sure if they're any good, but if this is kind of a rebuilding season for them, that game might be what they can hang their hat on for the entire season if they're not quite up to the same level that they were the last two or three years. Yeah, Iowa State, uh, great win today. Iowa scored 14 points this season. That's that's crazy. Is that bad? It's not good. Uh, Iowa quarterback had a 14 QBR. That's out of 100. So. De- Techers had a 61.9. Uh, just not quality. Um, yeah, the, the only guy with a good stat line in that entire game was Iowa yeah. State receiver Xavier Hutchison. Well, Drill Brock. Didn't he have like three yards per carry? Well, yeah, but he broke 100, 100 yards, 27 carries. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, he did better than I realized. Yeah. But I think Hutchison's one of the top receivers in the league. Um, you know, whatever it is about Iowa, just the way they play ball, it obviously lends itself to low scoring, ugly games. I'll be curious to see as Deckers gets more experience under his belt and he does appear to have some weapons, you know, how they might sort of progress as the season goes on. Um, e- either way, huge win for them. I think that was the be- easiest under of the year, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's just like they're daring you to take the over, but. All of our like sensibilities tell us Iowa, Iowa State has to go under. I mean, it's just – I don't know if they can set that number low enough to make me take the over on it, you know. I've got a Nebraska stat for you. One score losses at Nebraska. Osborne had 23 over 25 seasons. Scott Frost has 22 in five seasons. <laughs> Is that one – okay, you said one score losses? Yeah, one score losses. Wow. Tom Osborne, uh, 25 seasons, he had 23. Scott Frost in five seasons, not even a full five seasons, has 22. Well, and you wonder how many one-score wins Coach Osborne had versus, versus yeah. Scott Frost in that same time span. Um, man, I don't know what they do next. I guess they're going to – I mean, they're obviously going to move on from him, but I wonder who their, who their wish list is going to encompass – um, I had another thought, but I lost it, and uh, we got double bogey Jerry back in. What's up? Yeah, sorry guys, I feel like I keep no, coming good. in, coming in with tidbit. Just enjoy the banter. Um, so on that note, two things: like let's put our Big Twelve bias aside, right? But I'm seeing Matt Campbell to Nebraska floated a lot on Twitter. I I don't think that's a better job. Tell me I'm wrong. So Matt Campbell has a higher ceiling at Nebraska, but if I'm him, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't sign up for that. I mean, you, you leave a, a place where you're beloved, where they're going to give you a raise, pretty much every year, I bet, um, to go somewhere where they're going to demand a turnaround of a completely broken culture in a conference that's about to be, you know, kind of at the forefront of this new landscape with you know, super conference teams and, you know, USC coming in. Plus you have to grind it out against Wisconsin, Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan every year. If I was him, I'd I'd stay put. I mean, he might, he might want a different job than Iowa state someday, but I, if I was him, I would not take the Nebraska job, even though the ceiling is higher in that program. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Nebraska and Mizzou caught the same death, which was losing Texas recruits, right? And I don't think it's ever going to come back. Yeah, I think that's right. I think unless they were in a conference with other Texas teams and they had that presence in state, that visibility in state, I think that is gone. It's the same issue that the Colorado had in the pack. You know, you look at the numbers, they have fewer players from Texas, and it's coincided with their uh, worst yep. decade in a long, long time. So 100%. I think there's 100%. some validity to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember the other stat I was thinking of when you brought up that Scott Frost, Tom Osborne stat, Rob. Um, Jimbo Fisher, in his first 50 games at A&M, 36 and 14. Uh, I'm sorry, 30, yeah, 36 and 14. Kevin Sumlin, in his first 50 games, 35 and 15 so they're they're the same guy they just guaranteed one of them you know 85 million or whatever it was over 10 years and gave uh, a blank plaque yeah to replace the old guy who had the exact same production <laughs> nebraska was 314 and oh at home scoring 35 points until today uh jason what's up man? go ahead man. hey i i just Y'all haven't bought up the topic, but what did y'all think of uh, special teams play, particularly punt returning? Yeah, um, I think you lost a lot of field position by not fielding punts. Um, Maybe that cost you, maybe it didn't, the way you were playing on offense, but I think it is an issue that needs to be addressed moving forward. Uh, both kickers missed one early in the game, and then they went back to Trey Wolf, who, you know, I think made up for it. So it'll be interesting to see where that position battle shakes out. I, I, I would think and hope that it's Wolf moving forward. And I kind of question in retrospect making a change there um, mid-game just because, again, of how it played out, Gino Garcia goes in and misses, and then you go back to Wolf. I feel like a guy's confidence is kind of shaken by that point. Um, but I would – I would moving forward, I would not change kickers mid-game unless the guy's just like 0 for 3 or something. That was pre-planned. They've been switching the whole season, and they switched uh, extra points too. Interesting. Well, I would I would still stick with, uh, with Wolf going forward until he gives you reason not to. Yeah, it's also – was also disappointed as well as the defense was playing. You know, I was recapping in my mind all of Houston's scores were kind of aided by Texas Tech offense or special teams blunders. And that punt return, it was like a net of, I don't know, 10 or 12 yards, and Houston returns it into field goal territory. The defense bows up, doesn't allow a touchdown, thankfully. But, um, and, and, you know, I think Dell is a, a special player, really good punt returner. So, um, but yeah, I think there was there was a lot to be desired on special teams, kind of on multiple different units that they need to clean up going forward. Yes, sir, that's that's exactly right, and 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 like 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 y'all were been discussing about Donovan. Donovan, pretty much, it wasn't his best game by far, but and he's resilient, and he hung in there, and. And look at the way he finished it off. That's all I got, guys. Yeah, good thoughts. Totally agree with you there. Um, Rob, I am almost out of takes, at least until Baylor-BYU 
finishes. They've got, they're just under five in the third quarter. Yeah, thirteen, thirteen. So good one shaped out in a uh, Provo. We can recap the rest of the Tech game tomorrow uh, on our Sunday episode. Yeah, that'll work. I, I need to rewatch it and uh, compile some notes. I'll, uh, we got a couple more requests. I'll let these folks get the last word. We'll go back to Jerry and then Chuck, and then we will call it a night uh, from Gaucho's After Dark, sponsored by Barnett, Howard, and Williams. Jerry, we'll let you go first, then we'll get to Chuck. Yeah, guys, thanks. I uh, just wanted to hear uh, your thoughts. Any leans tomorrow? I, I love Niners, minus six and a half. I love Vikings, pick them. But talk me out of those. Talk me into them. Just wanted to hear if you had any leans. Yeah, so I've not looked at any NFL lines, to be honest with you. Are, I take it from your profile picture. Are you a fellow Vikings fan? <laughs> I'm not, just uh, a fan of Randy. Okay, I'm a I'm a uh, lifelong suffering. Oh, Vikings I'm sorry, fan. man. I'm a I'm a lifelong um, suffering Cowboys fan. <laughs> okay, because I'm inclined to to pick That's the Packers. Nice. You know that game is in Minneapolis. I just you know I've seen that story too many times. Well, the fact that it's a pickle makes me think it's Vikings, right? I don't know, man. I would love to think so. I know. I mean, that's that's my lean because, I mean, who's like, you know, every blind gambler is thinking Rodgers over Cousins. But, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like Niners Bears should be nine and a half. Why is it six and a half? Sorry. That 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 is tempting. Um, like I said, I haven't looked at okay. any of this. Sorry. Yet. Sorry to go off topic. No, you're good. I just thought we were talking about I guess gambling. it's probably yeah. – I guess it's probably because Trey Lance's first career start. Yeah, it's true. Um, and so I, I, I don't know, but but that does seem does seem low just for how good of a, a franchise that's been over the years versus how bad the Bears have been. Uh, is it in San Francisco? Let me look. Because that might be part of why if it's in Chicago. I might sprinkle oh, it's in Chicago actually. Yeah, you're right. It's in Chicago. Yeah, I mean that that might be it might be as simple as that. Yeah. You got a guy make first career start on the road. Yeah, fair. Okay. Didn't know if you have any other takes or if you even peeked at the board. Um also if you got any thoughts on a Big Twelve future now, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I had uh I had Baylor and OU preseason and I think after the first couple of weeks if I I might look into K State, I might not uh, I probably wouldn't change my picks at this point quite yet, but I'd be I'd be intrigued at K State depending on the number there. Better get it before they're five and zero. What's up, Chuck? Oh man, just uh, glad I got to hang out tonight. Last thing, um, I mean, after what we've seen this weekend, uh, you know, we technically had a conference game today. We've got another one going right now on Provo. If you're not excited about what this conference is about to look like, man, you need to you need to go see a doctor because just top to bottom, this thing looks like it's going to be the most competitive conference week in week out. It's going to have the most parity, and then from the uh, from the odds perspective, I don't see myself taking a whole lot of double digit favorites the rest of the way. I mean, that that remains to be seen, but it sure kind of seems that way. Love y'all. I can get down with that. Um, and, yeah, I think you're going to have – you won't have the best conference, 
but I think you're right. You might have the most balanced, most competitive conference with the most parity, and that's going to... That's the most hardest working. That, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, Lunch I'm, pail conference, Kyle. Yeah. Lunch pail conference. Yeah, blue-collar coaches done type conference. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Danny Amendola of Power 5 conferences. Uh, what is... All right, Tex- right, Texans. Texans plus seven and a half, and that's all I have tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bed. Okay, yeah, it's only eight money. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Texans <laughs> at home plus seven and a half against the Colts, and the Texans will be in a position to win the division late in the season. Robert, pass me that backwards. <laughs> the Colts suck. The Jags suck. What are we doing? The, the Texans are like that whole division's whack. The Titans are going to take a huge step back. By the way, is RC Maxfield in here? The Titans stink too. This is all coming from the guy who's fading the only team that looks like they can win the national title this year. So hey, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee to win the East. Don't forget it. Put a stamp Tennessee, on it. Unreal. They're, <laughs> they're going to give Derrick Henry bionic knees in week three, <laughs> and he's still going to rush for eighteen hundred yards on four hundred carries. Rob is volunteering it his darts week one. Hey, I also I'm gonna go ahead and take I'm gonna publicly take the L on picking Nebraska to win the Big Ten West. We're just gonna get that out of the way right now, and it doesn't need to be mentioned the rest of the season. So out. Out. never uh, apologize, Kyle. Never <laughs> apologize. Oh, cool. Well, hey everybody, thank you for hanging out with us. It's almost midnight, and what another Saturday of college football. We get to do this for the next two and a half, three months. Thank you for tuning in. Again, Gouches After Dark, sponsored by our friends over at Barnett, Howard, and Williams. You can learn more about them, bhwlawfirm.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you next time. Love you all. Might also take the Baker money line. Thanks, guys. Okay, yeah, we're we're wrapping it up now. Thanks, Rob.